1: greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Ah, uh, yes, it's back and better than ever. It's not Greeny though; it's Chris Candy filling in on Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and busting through your smart speakers. I am rocking with my guy roe Paris. Yes, indeed. Hell, yes. Wait, 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 I gotta say it right. You are now
2: rocking with the best at CC and RP
1: for Greeny. There we go, and I love that. And we got a jam-packed show to get to today. The Yankees being Ooh. able to pull off in walk-off fashion, extra innings. And then, of course, week two of the preseason begins tonight. But there's only one place to start. Here we go. go. go.
3: Only one place to start.
1: And that would be with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers coming to terms on a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension that includes a player option for 2024-2025. This was announced by Rich Paul from Clutch Sports yesterday. The extension, which includes a 15% trade kicker, makes LeBron James the highest-earning player in NBA history with, wait for it, $523 million in career-guaranteed money, surpassing Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant. Now, LeBron James was ineligible for a no-trade clause because he agreed to an extension, not a new deal. But the new contract puts him on the same timeline with Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. Both of those guys have a player option in 2024-2025. So, Roe, what did you make of the move that LeBron James did yesterday with signing the extension sooner as opposed to later. Well
2: number one, it is awesome for him and his bank account obviously and just in case you don't <laughs> as know
1: LeBron James needed that extra 97. I mean, you know, million. Hey,
2: I never want to count another man's money, but it is what it is, but let me just say this the amount can balloon to up to 111 million if the new salary cap goes up which we think that will happen. But yep. the first thing is obviously you lock him up with the Lakers. Now the question becomes what is the motivation now? Are, are the Lakers really trying to contend at this point? Is is that the question? Do they really set themselves up better to win a championship? Are they in position now? I mean, that that's one of the questions that you have to ask. The deal definitely puts the pressure on the front office. What are they going to do with Russell Westbrook for this season? hmm Those are a lot of questions that remain to be answered at this point when it comes to LeBron.
1: Well, let's take a listen to Woj and how exactly did we get here, the Lakers and LeBron James coming to this deal in late August?
0: I think having that player option in 24-25 where both Davis and LeBron James can decline their option. When you decline the option, allow a team to use the cap space, it creates more space for you to go out and add players. So uh, the Lakers, listen, they were not able, at least thus far, able to really improve this roster Mm. uh, dramatically. Uh, Russell Westbrook is headed into the final year of his deal. Uh, But next summer, certainly there's an ability to do that, uh, to have some cap space, to start moving some pieces around. And I still think this is a Laker team. Rob Palenka has still been very active, even kind of in the dog days of August. Yes, He's been on the phone a lot. He's still trying to find uh, deals to bring in more shooting, um, perhaps some size. And so I think those conversations continue all the way into training camp and the start of the season. I still think this Laker roster may look maybe not dramatically different, but subtly different going into uh, next season.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that the Lakers are going to be a true title contender. And as a Lakers fan, it hurts me to say that about the upcoming season. But what I'm most interested in finding out is whether or not Darvin Ham can get Anthony Davis to revert back to the form that we saw him in 2018 when the Lakers won a championship the first season that him and LeBron James got together. That will be the interesting thing because Darvin Ham has already said on the record that the offense will run through Anthony Davis and not LeBron James. So – That's the part that's a little bit curious to me. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with that. All of the stuff we've heard all summer is that Anthony Davis is in phenomenal shape. I'll believe it when I see it because this is not a guy that's been known to work out in the offseason. The other thing is what they do with Russell Westbrook. This is a guy that decided he was going to opt in despite knowing that everybody in Lakerland didn't want him to return. And I'm pretty sure that there were some people in the front office that had no interest in him being there as well. But Roe... With LeBron James signing this deal, what does it say to you about his belief that the franchise is going to put a team around him during the life of this deal that will allow him to compete at the highest level? Well, it definitely does put the pressure
2: on the front office, as I mentioned the bigger picture, obviously, is his legacy, and in my personal opinion, I can't see a scenario to where, unless they make some major roster changes, but if we look at this roster, if everybody's healthy, Russell Westbrook works out, Darvin Ham pulls his magic, AD stays healthy. Best case scenario, they're not a top seed in the West. Mm. At best, fourth seed, because we have to factor in. The Phoenix Suns, they might drop off, but they still won 60 games last year. You Mm -hmm. have an up-and-coming Memphis Grizzlies team, and they are not waiting on anybody. They're going to come snatch it when they are ready. The defending champion, Golden State Warriors, we haven't mentioned them yet. Steph Curry and the boys, still a problem. Do I need to keep going? By the way, we haven't even talked about the Pelicans who are an upcoming team. The reigning two-time MVP, he's going to have all his bros back with him. So when you look at everybody in the Western Conference I do not see the Lakers' best-case scenario, everybody's healthy, everybody works, they are not going to be a top team or contender in the West. Are the Lakers the best team in L.A.? Ooh, and I'm glad that you said that because we haven't even talked about the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard making his return. Him and Paul George, arguably— Adding John Wall this offseason? Oh, my bad. I forgot about that as well, who still has plenty of gas left in the tank, who hasn't played, one of four players in NBA history that have career averages of— 20 points, and 11 assists a game. I mean, he is a quality point guard, and you bring him into that program with Ty Lue, arguably one of the greatest coaches in the NBA, Greater X's and O's, clearly can win ball games without having his top guy. So when you mention all of those teams, I do not see a scenario to where the Lakers are a true contender in the Western Conference.
1: You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Chris Candy and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg. And here's the thing. I think LeBron James signed this deal now as opposed to Uh, re-signing with the Lakers after the season because he wanted to eliminate the noise, eliminate the drama. Because if he doesn't do this deal, then what's the storyline around the Lakers the entire season? It's whether or not LeBron James is going to come back. It becomes an ominous cloud that bogs down everything that this organization is trying to do around their new head coach, Darvin Ham. And that's the last thing LeBron James wants to do. And let's be honest, the fact that they're not title contenders – Really, LeBron James has a whole lot to do with that. He has some culpability in all of this because LeBron James was the one pushing for the team to trade all of those assets in order to bring back Russell Westbrook. True. If you can remember, back when Magic Johnson talked about this a year ago, the organization was ready to sign DeMar DeRozan. They were ready to make a play for DeMar DeRozan, and LeBron James stepped in with Jeannie and Rob Palenka, and vetoed that and said, we don't want DeRozan, we want Russell Westbrook. Look at the season that both of those players had respectfully. I'm just saying, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan he was a a 28-point-a-night score, and Russell Westbrook was a liability for the Los Angeles Lakers.
2: Listen, DeMar DeRozan was in an MVP conversation at one point. He was... You know, setting records for the Bulls that were matching the one and only Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So, I think that the Lakers made a major mistake there. Now, we didn't know that DeMar was going to have that season. But no, still didn't. But still, DeMar DeRozan has been box office. He went to San Antonio, expanded his game with Greg Popovich, known as a scorer, became more of a facilitator, and expanded his game to levels that we had never seen before. Yeah. Now, 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 back to this season, though, for the Lakers. Now, Darvin Ham... First-year head coach, plenty of championship experience as an assistant coach, has been a winner with the Hawks as an assistant, obviously with the Milwaukee Bucks. This is going to be a legacy season and a, a feel-out season for Darvin Ham. Legacy by LeBron James. 1,325 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the all-time leading scorer. Wow. By the way, LeBron is seventh all-time in assists right now. By the end of the season, he could be as high as fourth. So this is going to be the opportunity this season for LeBron to get his flowers. We saw after that last championship, hey, I want my respect. I demand (laughs) my respect. Listen, LeBron, we respect you, dog. Like, you are arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, top three, top two, number one to some. However, you're going to get your flowers this season, potentially becoming, forget potentially, he is going to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Yeah, in
1: age 37 season, he averaged 38 and 6. Bruh. Uh, I mean, yeah, everybody's going to respect LeBron James, but everybody also recognizes he's in a different phase of his career and he can't elevate you know, four guys or four jags on the court at the same time. Jags means
2: just a guy, just in case you don't know, but continue. Yeah, he
1: can't elevate four (laughs) jags on the court into a title contender like he once upon a time could do in his first stint in Cleveland. So that remains to be seen on what this means for the Los Angeles Lakers. But coming up, is there a move that the Lakers could actually make this season that would make them a title favorite. We're here from Brian Windhorst on that. You're listening to Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com.
4: Greeny, the podcast.
5: H E L P dot com slash greeny, G R E E N Y.
4: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
1: It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solutions. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Before we get in the zone and talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James signing a two-year pact, Bro, you had a, an eventful morning this morning, didn't you? Okay,
2: I'm I'm walking to get my breakfast before I come. And, you know, we're in the glorious city of New York. And and I casually see Vito Corleone walking the crosswalk with his dog who did not want to cooperate. And those that don't know who Vito Corleone is, I'm talking about the great Robert De Niro <laughs> in New York City, walking his dog in the morning casually like this is nothing. This is what I do. The dog doesn't want to cross the crosswalk. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, Bull Durham, Raging Bull, The Godfather, Goodfell. I'm thinking about all this. This is really Robert De Niro crossing the crosswalk in New York City as
1: I get my breakfast. Okay, so let's skip to to the highlight. Did you actually speak to Vito Corleone? You don't speak to the Godfather. You don't speak to him? No, 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 no. You just, you kiss
2: the ring when there's an opportunity. You give him a nod, and you keep it moving. That's so, that, the- so that's what you did? You gave him the black man head nod? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I gave him the nod. And kept it. I mean, that, that's, that's still the Godfather,
1: and we are in New York City. So, hey, you, you know, hey. Well, that's what happens. But, I mean, I, I guess it's just one of those things where, you know, you just give him the head nod, and you understand it is New York, and celebrities are going to be in abundance. Just like celebrities are in abundance in Los Angeles, yes. and we're talking about... Maybe the the, the biggest biggest. celebrity in Los Angeles. Arguably. Arguably? Arguably. Well, certainly in the sports world. No question. One LeBron James decides to sign a two-year pact that ties him to the Los Angeles Lakers through the 2023-2024 season. Now, LeBron James does have a player option in 2024-2025, the same as Anthony Davis as well. So the organization putting their two superstar players on the same timeline and so one would ask, well, why would LeBron James sign up for another tour of duty in Los Angeles knowing that the roster isn't in shape to allow him to compete with some of the best teams in the Western Conference? Here's what our very own Brian Windhorse had to say about LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers coming to terms. LeBron
4: prioritized, number one, being a Laker. He obviously loves playing in L.A. and wants to be a Laker. And two, the way he structured this contract, which is to give him an out when his son potentially could come into the league. I don't know if he's going to be ready to come into the NBA in two years, but that is when he is currently the earliest he's allowed, and LeBron will be able to to move in two years. His his second priority is to leave the option to, to play with his son, either in L.A. or somewhere else. I wouldn't say championships are first or second. Now, you could say they're third, but mm. um, I, I, you know, I don't think that you can look squarely in someone's eye and say that signing this extension now was the thing that would do, was the best move for him to
1: get him another championship. Setting aside the brawny of it all, because that's that's a tangent that, Way down at, that that's down the line. That's down the line. Looking at LeBron James signing this deal, it makes sense for him personally. Yes. Because you understand all of the off court business interests that he has. He's got the Spring Hill Company, he's got Clutch Sports, and then he also has other ventures. Technically, that he's doing he doesn't have media. clutch
2: sports. We you know, te- technically he doesn't. For the record, Rich Paul put that out there. So technically technically we have he to doesn't say that. have
1: clutch sports. Technically. Yeah, it just so happens that clutch clients find their way to the Los Angeles Lakers or any team that LeBron James is playing for. So anyway. Uh, I digress. In looking at this situation, do you have a problem with LeBron James prioritizing other things uh than competing for championships then, then winning. In, in the short term? Number one, I don't have a
2: problem with it. Now, let's make sure we point out the commonalities. Rich Paul, obviously the head of Clutch Sports, it's mm-hmm. not a mistake that he represents both AD and LeBron James, sure. and now their contracts are aligned. That's done absolutely for a reason. But again, to me, the priorities this season for LeBron personally are legacy. And then after that, can they figure out what they can do to improve this roster. That's number two. And then number three, if they get number two, right, then it becomes championships. But again, as I mentioned, legacy is the focus this season becoming the all time leading scorer in NBA history. That's not something that happens often that happened in the eighties with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and what we're, Almost, what, 30, over 30 years later, about to see that happen again? Sure. This season is, is going to be about history and legacy for the numbers for LeBron.
1: And legacy is great, but the best way for a player to enhance their legacy is to add more hardware, get more championships, yes. especially with the L.A. Lakers, which is one of the most iconic franchises in the entire NBA. So I would ask you, Roe. I get that there's more flexibility in future years, not this season, but is there a move out there for the Los Angeles Lakers that they can make this year, You know, this summer, up until the trade deadline in the regular season, is there someone out there that they could go after that would put this team – into title contention. Well,
2: listen, we're talking about the Lakers who are always known to make big deals whether it be in-season or out of season. You go back to 96 acquiring Shaquille O'Neal. We remember how big that was drafting Kobe Bryant at the same year in the 96 NBA draft. Move forward, the trade that they had with Mark and Paul Gasol mid-season. So, the Lakers are always going to be in the mix. The only problem is is that what assets do they have available? They have two unprotected picks and they have an expiring contract with Russell Westbrook. So, to me, best case scenario if Darvin Ham can figure out how to utilize Russell properly and they up his trade value, maybe mid-season we see something to where a Kyrie Irving becomes available. It makes the, makes sense for both teams and they get Kyrie out to the Lakers. I think he would be a great fit with LeBron. He's had clearly more successes. Winning percentage is over 700 with LeBron. Without LeBron, it's around 400. So you can do the math there. That is a player that would fit in perfectly with this Lakers roster.
1: Obviously, the Kyrie of it all is fascinating because you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets and knowing what they're dealing with with Kevin Durant. If those two are at an impasse, then it feels like it opens the door for Kyrie to be moved at some point this year because he is an impending free agent just like Russell Westbrook, so it would be a swap. Now, you would have to imagine that the Lakers would be sending some assets along with Russell Westbrook in order to acquire Kyrie Irving, but as far as the basketball fit, it makes sense. Kyrie is a finisher. Maybe he's the best in the NBA at being able to get to the rim, but I think the most important thing that he would add to this Lakers team is perimeter shooting. You know that any LeBron James-led team has to have perimeter shooting. In order to create space for LBJ and for Anthony Davis, you got to have somebody that's a bona fide threat from the perimeter, and Kyrie Irving would certainly offer that. And you would think because of the past history between the two players that LeBron James would be able to get the best out of Kyrie, which is not something we've seen since he's left Cleveland, you're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're going to get to LeBron James and his recruitment of his son Bronny, but first, a word from Zip Recruiter. Certain people just make life easier. For instance, your best friend who always brings you dinner when you're stuck working late. It's like if you need to grow your business. ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1st, 2022. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Now, Ro, we've been talking about LeBron James re-signing with the Los Angeles Lakers, and this has got a lot of different tentacles to this story. But one of the things that's come out of it is LeBron James wanting to play with his son, Bronny. And people are connecting the dots, and they're saying because he signed that two-year extension with a player option that he wants to have the flexibility if and when his son, Bronny, is able to get to the NBA. And so here's what Alan Sliwa, the host of Travis and Sliwa, Lakers talk on 710 ESPN LA had to say this morning on KJM.
0: It's a cool story. It really is. It's an amazing story to see Bronny and potentially LeBron play together. I think most Laker fans here in LA think it's a cool story, but I think the question they're asking is, okay, are we still competing? We don't even have to go two years from now, or it would actually be two plus years from now. I think they're looking at this upcoming season and saying, are we in the mix or are we not in the mix? And I think that Bronny story, it's a great basketball story. And I think a lot of Laker fans are saying, OK, but what does that mean on the floor? How do you even get to that you know, that point? And even if you get to that point, you have a chance to win or is this just a storyline that the league loves? But Laker fans are kind of standing back saying, yeah, we've, we're winning 35 games a year. Well,
1: you're winning 35 games a year now, and it's not because of LeBron James. No, it's it's because Anthony Davis hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, Charles Barkley has gotten to the point where he refers to him as street clothes, and I know Chuck is one of your guys, but I can't blame him for coming up with that nickname because as a Lakers fan, I'm frustrated about Anthony Davis not being available. But in looking at this situation, this has been something for the last several years LeBron James has said that he wants to do, which is play with his son, Bronny. Now, Mm -hmm. Who knows what kind of player Bronny is going to be two years from now? Who knows what type of player LeBron James is going to be two years from now? But we do know LeBron James is a box office attraction, and that's going to have tremendous value for a lot of teams around the NBA. My only question is, does that have the appeal, the value to the Lakers organization and the Lakers fan base as a whole? I know I would be interested in seeing Bronny in a Lakers uniform with LBJ, But I'm not sure that all the Lakers fans feel that way. And I'm not sure Genie Buss and Rob Palenka feel that way.
2: Well, let me just say this. The Lakers would be interested, but there are 29 other teams that would be interested as well. (laughs) Come on. Now, we're talking about LeBron James here. You talk about him being arguably the biggest figure in the world. And that's a fact. Even if he is a declining player at that point, no longer an all-star, he still has box office value because you want to say, I saw LeBron play. Oh, and by the way. I talked about legacy. That's what I feel this season is about. Moving forward, if he's not that same all-star caliber player, you get to see him play with his son. You don't mean to tell me the Oklahoma City Thunder might draft Bronny in the top 10. Some of the like the Sacramento Kings, you can name any team, they're going to go out and draft Bronny early with the expectations of potentially having LeBron show up. We only see this in baseball. I'm watching the All Star game last week. Yep. In, the, in the intro, they have Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Senior.
1: Oh, the Field of Dream Game. Exactly. The Field of Dream Game, yeah. So
2: so this is something that we haven't seen in basketball. Of course, we see Doc Rivers and his son, but Coach Player, different dynamic. The sure. Barry family, you know, Steph Curry and his dad, Dell Curry, that's different. We have an opportunity to see a father and son. You love your dad, I love my dad. Just mm-hmm. just just thinking about that. What team would not want to Barry Bonds and his dad. And again, we can go down the list of baseball players that have had this opportunity, but it's never, ever happened in basketball. So you think a team is going to pass up on that opportunity and maybe overdraft Bronny just to have a chance to bring LeBron in? I mean, come on now. Here's what our Brian Windhorse
1: had to say this morning about that very same thing on KJM. I could see
4: under certain circumstances that that could unfold depending on where LeBron is health-wise and depending on what the team that would try to do it is doing. Does the team have a bunch of extra first-round picks? Does the team have, uh, you know, depth? Is it worth it? Yeah, I could absolutely see that uh, un- un- unfolding. Greenie is presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: And now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive Insurance. That's it. See, just a good old-fashioned straightforward ad. See if you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or Progressive.com. And, Ro, just to put a bow on this LeBron James-Bronny conversation, I would be all for it as a Lakers fan if for no other reason – it gives me a chance to get Bryce James in a few years. Because <laughs> I, I mean, Bri- 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 Bronny, is, Bronny is cool, but Bryce James seems like he's going to be that dude. Man, Bryce like Bryce James. James is a lock lottery pick. You're talking about a guy that's 6'6", six, 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 and six. he's 14 years yes. old. I'm just saying, trust the genes, trust the pedigree. If getting Bronny on the same team as LeBron leads to me getting Bryce James a few years later, sign me up for that. And speaking of Bose, Row, the NBA came out with – their schedule the last couple of days, and of course everybody wants to fast forward to the Christmas Day games on the schedule and it's really exciting to see the Slater games that they got matched up. A little, a lot of spicy matchups, but of the games of the NBA calendar in 2022-2023, which one caught your attention?
2: I mean, excluding the Christmas Day games, I'm definitely paying attention to Golden State and the Grizzlies. That's Christmas Day. We'll talk about that another day. But November 22nd, pull out your smartphone, your mobile device, and put this one, this is going to be must-see TV. You have the Brooklyn Nets. visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh yeah, you heard me correctly. Ben Simmons, the kid that got kicked out of Philly like Will Smith, he is back in Philadelphia. What will the crowd reception be like? We do not know. Will he actually play? I hope so. And then on top of that, you have potentially Kyrie and James Harden going at it we know what happened with them last season with the Brooklyn Nets now they get to go at it again and I think back to that game late in the season in Philadelphia there seemed to be some extra motivation when Brooklyn traveled to Philly it seemed like KD and Kyrie were playing like it was the NBA finals they were going at James Harden's head it was personal so this game right here November 22nd Nets
1: at Sixers, that's what I got my eye on. What about you? Didn't you just say that KD and James Harden were kicking it with Travis Scott across the pond? I did say that the other day. Okay, I did, I did so say you're that you're talking about KD going at his neck, and then you're talking about them hanging out this off season. Well, I took KD out of the scenario because we don't even know if KD's going to be on the roster. That's a great point. That's a great point. For me, you took the game that I'm most excited about, which is Grizz Warriors on Christmas Day, because that Grizz series felt different once Ja Moran got hurt. And John Morant is an emerging superstar in the NBA. I mean, you can make an argument that he's the best point guard right now. And so it's exciting to see him go head-to-head with Steph Curry. And that Grizz is an upstart team. And it feels like the Golden State Warriors are that hump that they have to get over when it matters most. The other game that I want to take a look at is a rematch of the NBA Finals on December 10th okay. with the Celtics and the Warriors. I got to see what that's talking about, <laughs> especially with Jalen Brown being a guy that has been floated in potential trade rumors for Kevin Durant, shipping him to the Brooklyn Nets in a huge package to bring over KD. So I'm interested to see how Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum coexist after moving past that drama and moving past the disappointment of losing in the NBA Finals after starting that series 2-1.
2: Now I have to throw this out here. Let's, let's, let's play this scenario out. If the Sixers potentially have a deal on the table for KD, in your opinion, do the Nets make that
1: deal? If the Sixers have, I mean, what would the Sixers be giving the Nets of any value? Well, I mean, Tyrese Maxey and what? Tyrese Maxey and maybe you
2: have some some assets that you throw in there. I'm just I'm just saying. Let's just let's I'm just, just
1: trying to think about it. I mean, haven't you already thrown a lot of those assets in there with you, the Ben you, Simmons deal? You had you definitely have, and these teams are
2: very familiar after the trade that they made last okay. season during the trade deadline. But let's let's just paint this picture and say that the best offer out of any team in the NBA comes from the Sixers
1: it's on the table do you think the Nets take it I I don't just because I struggle to see what assets that the Sixers have the Nets would be interested in I mean you know that Joel Embiid is off the table you know that James Harden is off the table so you would talk about Tyrese Maxey I mean that that's a nice piece But it would have to be a lot more than that. Tobias Harris is a negative contract. They're not interested in that. Matisse Theibel, negative contract, not interested in that. So when I look at the Sixers roster, there aren't a whole lot of players there that I would be interested in. Now, I would love to see James Harden, Katie, and Joel Embiid get together. I think that would instantly become the favorite in the NBA. I just struggle to see that happen. And I think that there are two teams – that are head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to the potential offer that they could make. That would be the Golden State Warriors because they could include Andrew Wiggins in a package, a guy that was an all-star, a starter on the all-star team last year. And then you're talking about the Boston Celtics because they can include Jalen Brown, a guy that has all NBA potential as a part of a package. Another sneaky team to watch would be the Toronto Raptors. And we know Masai Ujiri has a, a track record of being able to land the big fish right. when it comes to trading for a guy you or free agency. I'm doing that with Kawhi Leonard, and Exactly. This exactly. Of a championship. So th- that would be something that would be curious. But I ultimately think Josiah Sean Marks with the Brooklyn Nets—they put the screws to Kevin Durant. They force him to play for Brooklyn or nobody this upcoming season. So I'm I'm eliminating the Kevin Durant of it all. But but to me, the thing that's the most interesting about this NBA schedule is just seeing what happens with the Golden State Warriors because that's the team that everybody wants to see. Okay, they had a resurgence. They've won a championship without Kevin Durant. They've moved past that. Steph Curry got a finals MVP. Can this group stay healthy throughout the course of another regular season and another playoff run. Because you know that the playoff runs that they had winning, what, three championships in the span of four years, that took a toll in terms of their overall health. We saw injuries to Dre, Steph, and Klay Thompson. And so I'm wondering now, this long playoff run, this long season that they're just coming off of, does that affect them this upcoming year?
2: You know, that's an interesting point that you point out. Now, I'll say this. Now, Steph Curry obviously – has seen some time missed with injury. Same with Draymond Green. But you look at Clay Thompson, who missed over 900 days. He came back. We started to see flashes at time of that. At old the end, play. yeah,
1: at the end of the playoff so, run. So
2: I think that's definitely going to carry over into this season. You have James Wiseman, who has played limited games so far. Every, yeah, we don't know what Wiseman's going to be. We still don't know what we're going to get with James Wiseman. Yeah. However, his potential is through the roof. I feel like if he is healthy this season, along with the rest of the court that they have, of course we know Andre Igu- Iguodala's long in the tooth, but when you look at the rest of the players that they have on their roster, I'm thinking about a loony. I'm thinking about guys that that have come in and they have – Listen, Golden State is one of the best teams in the NBA as far as drafting and developing players. And we've seen that year after year, whether you go back to Clay and Steph, who Mark Jackson said at that time would be the best backcourt Shooting back court in NBA history, then you bring in a Draymond Green, but now you have Kaminga there. You have Dante DiVincenzo, who has championship experience. So you bring all these players in, into that system where they have that championship culture. I don't think we're going to see a major drop off with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr is a master, and I think they're going to start managing Steph. And Draymond's minutes during the season, so they can they can be fresh for those playoff runs later in the
1: year. Yeah, I think with a lot of the young players that we're talking about with Golden State, it's potential. And as Bill Parcells used to once say, potential means you haven't done it yet. Coming up next, even though the Yankees get off the snide and get the win in extra innings, I'll tell you, while it's time to panic, even though they have a ten game lead in the American League East, that's next. Greenie, the podcast.
4: Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, meeting free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? grow grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash
3: today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
4: Donaldson could end it right here.
3: High fly ball. Deep right.
1: Going back to Rosarina. See ya. A lock-off grand slam. Josh Donaldson and the Yankees pull victory from the jaws of defeat. What a big win for the New York Yankees. After a three-game slide that saw the Yankees score one run combined in those outings, they get off the snide in a big way with their offense leading the way in extra innings with Josh Donaldson hitting a home run to lift them to a win over the Rays. And I'm still panicked about my New York Yankees. This is Greeny <laughs> on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. He is Roe Parrish. I am Chris canny and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And, Roe, a lot of people are saying that could be the win that gets this team, I don't know, on a roll, so to speak, down the regular season stretch and gives them some momentum as they barrel toward the playoffs. We know the division is a, in absolute certainty. They've got a 10-game lead over the next closest opponent, which is the Toronto Blue Jays. But yet I'm still panicked about my team because some of the same issues that we've seen in the past in the postseason are still coming up in this team, especially post-All-Star break.
2: Well, let's just say this. This could be the spark that turns this season around. I mean, the bats were popping late. We saw Rizzo get that home run, tying it in the eighth, and then Josh Donaldson making history, doing something that only Babe Ruth and Jason Giambi have done. I actually remember Jason Giambi hitting that walk-off home run in the rain against the Twins back when. But let's just put this in perspective. Remember the year 2000? Yep. Subway Series. I remember Yankees it. Yankees-Mets. Derek Jeter. Yeah, I let's mean, get it popping. Ro- Roger Clemens throwing the bat. Like, we remember that. The Yankees won the World Series that year, but they closed the season losing 12 of their last 18 games. Now was the division wrapped up? Yes. Kind of similar to what it is this season. So Yankees fans do not panic yet because you still have to forget that um, DJ LeMahieu, he's not back yet. Stanton, he's not back yet. So those guys are returning to the lineup and things could turn around.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly lengthening the lineup is going to help. And you saw the impact that Rizzo had in last night's game too, right? You're talking about him being able to hit that home run in the 8th, but also taking pressure off of Aaron Judge, providing him with some protection so he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to swing or take chances thinking that he's got to do too much. The walk that Aaron Judge worked in the 7th inning to drive in a run to pull them within one run, I think that was a sneaky big at-bat for this Yankees team last night and that helped in order to propel them to uh push the game into extra innings and ultimately win. In uh, in the tenth, so I, I look at this team and I say, the offense is going to take care of itself when they get everybody back when they become healthy. The thing that I'm most concerned about you is you the bullpen, and bull you bull saw pick, it again right, last right. night with the Rawls Chapman. You're talking about him blowing another opportunity, walking the first two batters, and then giving up uh, an extra base hit that drove in two runs. That can't happen. We've seen what Clay Holmes has been the last two months, which is an absolute gas can. Michael King ain't walking through that door. he's gone for the rest of the season. Chad Green got hurt earlier in the season. At what point are you start do you start to get concerned? about the arms that are supposed to close out opponents and close the door in terms of being able to protect leads. That's the thing that I'm worried about the most with this Yankees team as we start to move towards September.
2: No, it's definitely something you want to worry about when you are in the lower third in the major leagues in ERA. That is something
1: that is a definite problem. We know in the postseason. Yeah, and that's what we've seen post-All-Star break, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, the pre-All-Star break team, you're talking about them having the third best staff ERA in all of baseball. Post-All-Star, it's 21st. That's not where you want to be. So, again, pitching has to be concerned. And the thing that's maddening to me, it's not like Brian Cashman didn't try to go out and address pitching – But it's just the moves that he made. Efros, Trevino, it just didn't have the sizzle. It didn't have the pop, especially when you had some other guys that might have been out there that had experience, that had an opportunity, like Robertson, who's actually pitched for your franchise and had a lot of success. You didn't do that. And you decided to trade Jordan Montgomery, who's a back-end of the rotation pitcher, does a really solid job, quietly put together a nice season. You traded him for a defensive replacement in Harrison Bader? that makes no sense to me so all of these things it just when you add it up it just feels like Brian Cashman is being penny wise and pound foolish when it comes to the resources that he has available to him and bringing over the requisite pieces to allow this team to compete for a championship this was a team that was worth investing more in at the trade deadline and the fact that he didn't do it could come back to bite him and one of the other things that I'm concerned about is those Houston Astros because that has been a team that has been a thorn in Yankees fan side for the last several seasons. 2017 in the ALCS Game 7, where was that game? It was yeah, in it was Minute Maid Park. Yes, it was And in guess what happened? It didn't end well. No, it the, didn't. The CS in 2019? Yeah, guess where that was? That was Game 6, I think it was. Didn't end well. No, it did not. With Jose Altuve taking a Oroldis Chapman Yard. All I'm simply saying is it would be nice to have home field advantage in the playoffs, if and when you match up with the Houston Astros, and it feels like these two teams are on a collision course. They they definitely are. But right now, the Houston Astros have a a two-and-a-half game lead for the number one seed in the American League, and I don't think the Yankees are going to catch them.
2: Well, again, we talked about that spark. This could be that happening right now with what happened with the walk-off home run last night. So let's just put this in perspective. We know. Please help me, because I need it. As a Yankees fan, I need you to help me put things in perspective. Well, the first thing I'm going to say, there should be asterisks by those Houston Astros victories. We don't need to go into that. That's Uh, another conversation for another day. But again, if the Yankees can use this as a spark and get that home field advantage, we know magic happens in Yankee Stadium in October and sometimes
1: November. Okay, so you're saying the asterisks for the Houston Astros are because of the sign stealing or the pine tar? Which one? Yes. The spider tack. Yes. Well, was here's the thing. The spider the spider tack doesn't make me feel better because the ace of my staff is Garrett Cole, and he was on the Houston Astros Ooh, in 2019. I, f- I forgot about that point. Come on, man. You know what? You're right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So how is that supposed to make me feel better about what the Yankees are going to do? It doesn't. It you know, doesn't. Well, you're but right. here's the thing. Take a listen to what Aaron Boone said about last night's win and could it potentially catapult this team.
0: Just a great, great fight all night. Obviously, it's not been easy for us. And, uh, you know, get behind there four runs and just chip away, come out of the um, rain, rain delay and, and keep chipping away. Just uh, a lot of people doing good things. So uh, obviously not easy for us right now, but we're in the fight, and we just got to keep fighting. And uh, it's great to see those the, that level of at-bats to finish off a game when it looked like it was stripped from us.